Hey ladies, welcome to the Bus Mob Podcast, a breast and body positive resource that was created for the extraordinary women of Bus Mob. Now, if you aren't familiar with Bus Mob, we're a community of kind and supportive women who are really just cheering each other along on our booby journeys. Now you can join us for free and connect with thousands of other ladies at busmob.com. I'm your host, Jenny Eden, and I'm joined by one of my favorite people, Greta Nance, and we have such an exciting show for you today. Today we're going to be talking about how to choose the right surgeon for you. And I know for many women, it can be a struggle to find a surgeon that they connect with, understand their wants and goals, and also has great skills and reputation. That's a lot of stuff. So we want you to feel confident that you've chosen the right surgeon because it's important you feel comfortable and ready. So we have a few tips and tools that we're going to give you ladies to really own the process and know you've chosen the right surgeon. I'm really excited about this because I actually have not gone through like the process of interviewing and searching for my own surgeon because I just happened to be working here 17 years ago, (laughs) love the surgeons, but you have had like this really unique experience of not only searching and going on multiple consults and choosing different ones and traveling for the for your surgery. But obviously, we've heard a million stories mm-hmm. about bad surgeons, good surgeons, weird consults. Like, So I'm really excited to hear your take on how to help women find the right surgeon for them. Mm-hmm. And like in our industry, we know a lot of surgeons mm-hmm. and we know a lot of women who have had random experiences. And so knowing kind of like the ins and outs of like what those things you should be looking for is really important. And for most women, they don't know these things. Nope. And there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of great surgeons out there. How do you find one? You know, like Mm -hmm. even the podcast we did yesterday and we interviewed a bus mob babe. That was awesome. Mm -hmm. I think she said she went on at least five consultations. We were like, whoa. That's a lot. (laughs) And like, Sometimes they say different things and mm-hmm. sometimes you gel with one, but you like their work and you don't gel with another, but you love their work. Like mm-hmm. it is really hard. So I think this is a super important topic. Yeah. So the first one is board certified or eligible. And yeah. that's- Gotta have that. Yeah. Because there's a lot of surgeons out there that might not call themselves plastic surgeons, but they call themselves cosmetic surgeons. Yes. And there's a huge difference. Yes. I am not- Fully prepared to Mm -hmm. break down the total differences, but I do know you need to look into that. Mm -hmm. There is a difference in the amount of school and qualifications that a cosmetic surgeon has versus a plastic surgeon has. And even, I mean, I know here in town, there are surgeons who have a facial plastic surgery center, but they are ear, nose, and throat It's insane to me. Yeah. So like it can be quite confusing. Mm -hmm. And I'd have a lot of women call and be like, hey, help me understand this. Just you got to look for plastic surgery, board certification. So the ASPS, the American Society of Plastic Surgeons, or that they're board eligible, meaning they're going through the whole process, Mm -hmm. which is super crazy and intense. (laughs) And they've already gone through school and residency and all the things, but they're working towards it. Some doctors bail and go, forget it. I am not getting my board certification. Like, they need to do that. Right. (laughs) So you need to dig into that part of it. Like, I know some women, they went to a cosmetic surgeon and then found out that they were actually, like, a dermatologist. Yeah. And they did, like, a weekend course on how to put in breast implants. So now there's a dermatologist doing breast implants. And I'm like, that's, to me, two separate things. Like, he went to school for dermatology. So it's it's really important that you really know those differences because before I entered this world, I didn't know the difference. Like to me, cosmetic surgery 
sounds like plastic surgery. It's very similar. So you really have to ask, like, if you're going to consultations, like, are you board certified plastic surgeon or are you a cosmetic surgeon? Because there are two very different things. Yep. And we're just saying arm yourself with the knowledge. Right. I'm not saying there aren't good ones out there on either side. Mm-hmm. But if you arm yourself with that knowledge, you can speak more intelligently right. and own that consultation process and really be like, oh. That's not for me because there are a ton of great board certified plastic surgeons out there. Many. We want to help you find them. That's right. The next thing is like what imprint imprints? <laughs> <laughs> what implant brands do they use? Because yeah. there are different ones out there and there are different studies suggesting which implants might be better. But it's important like if you have already done your research and you know what implant you want – that's a good question to start like when you call like, hey, what breast implants do you use? Like you don't have to have a consultation to ask that question. No, not at all. And hopefully you could find it on their website right. or something like <laughs> that too. But I think this is a fascinating topic because I kind of have the behind the scenes inner working knowledge mm-hmm. of how plastic surgeons kind of operate. And here it was always really important for like our founder to offer any products that were awesome. Mm-hmm. Not just, oh, I have a great relationship. I'm just going to pick that one and I'm going to go all in because I get points. Right. You know, or I get rebates. Like we have always been the ones researching the products ourselves, not offering a product based on the relationship we might have. And that's in the and aesthetics. Yes. Yeah. I know that's common though. You know, I know mm-hmm. like people pick a product because they get a better deal on those implants maybe or they get points or cash back or things like that. That is not the reason to choose an implant. Mm-hmm. So you have to drive that conversation and kind of go in knowing here's the one I want and just avo- like if they don't offer it, I don't know about that. I yeah. don't love that. Pivot. <laughs> yeah, pivot. <laughs> like I worked in primary care physicians before I worked here. And so I had seen the relationships that people would build with the reps that would mm-hmm. come in like, ooh, who brings the best lunches? Or yeah. And that was like the what opened the doors to the conversations, like what they brought for lunch. Yeah. And I'm it, like, this is a drug. Yep. I do love lunch. And I know you do too. And money, you know, like, hey, I I know there's a lot of rebates and there's a lot of things that go on behind Mm -hmm. the scenes, but it has always been really cool to offer. We're going to offer all of the best ones Mm -hmm. and it's your choice as the consumer or the patient. So yeah, you don't just take for face value the product that a surgeon offers. Right. Do your research. Mm Mm-hmm. The next thing is cost. Like, Mm -hmm. if you see a breast augmentation for $3,000, what's going on there? (laughs) Yeah. This is a whole other one I feel like we could talk about forever. Oh, yeah. Um, Knowing what goes into (laughs) surgery, at what point, where's your threshold of that sounds too low? Yeah. Because it probably is. Mm -hmm. They're cutting corners somewhere, I'm telling you. Um, so I, f- I feel very strongly about this one. Yeah. Like you have to consider there's the doctor's time, there's the visits, there's the anesthesia, mm-hmm. the OR time, the cost of the breast implants and whatever else that goes into your surgery, that all adds up. And the profit has to be built in there too somewhere for the company to stay open. Yeah. How do you pay the staff and right. the team and the assistants and the nurses mm-hmm. and all of those things? Um, Yeah, there's a lot that goes Mm -hmm. into that. And so just buyer beware when you're seeing these really cheap prices. It does not mean you're going to have a great outcome. Right. That's a red flag. Like, and that kind of brings me back to if you see a low price 
ask them what kind of implant they use because odds are they might be using an older generation, mm, like a cheaper point. old implant that a lot of surgeons probably don't use anymore. So knowing ahead of time, like the different types of breast implants, what you think is the best and then seeing a low price, like ask those questions. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. Same with like specials or deals yeah. or I don't know. I'm always like a little wary of <laughs> why are you, are you not busy for some reason? <laughs> if you're offering like a flash sale on breast implants, <laughs> like I just, I'm telling you if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Yeah. And this is something you're going to love and enjoy hopefully for the rest of your life. Do not skimp on the front end. So what about social media? I well, I personally, <laughs> we can just talk about social media yeah. if you want. Now, um, I think it's a really cool insight now that was not in existence. We didn't have the internet basically when I started here. Um, and oil you lamps. You get to <laughs> shut up. <laughs> you get to like see and get a vibe. I think for like what the office and staff and what people are saying. And I love looking at like who's tagged or checked in mm. at that location. Like. You really can do more homework than ever before with social media. Mm -hmm. And I'm also like, all right, these surgeons who are spending too much time on social media, though, too, <laughs> I'm like, why aren't you in the operating room? <laughs> so there is a fine line between, all right, he's creating five reels a day, you know, <laughs> IGTV videos. Well, but wait, when is he operating? So I also like there's just there's a lot to be gleaned from searching plastic surgeons and kind of checking out their team and their staff and all of that on social media. I like what you said about tagging because mm -hmm. in another, not plastic surgery, but I look at a lot of tattoos online. And so if I'm going through a tattoo shop and looking at what they post, it's probably their their best tattoos that of they're course. showing. So if I go into their tagged, I see all the ones that they're not putting on their Instagram and I'm able to see like, okay, so these got weeded through, but do I like them? Do I not like them? Yeah. Like I love that option for plastic surgery. I can see women who have tagged their after photos and maybe it hasn't been chosen to post, but it gives you a good idea of, okay, there are other people out there other than the plastic surgeons posting the photos. So it gives you a good holistic view of what their results could look like. Yeah. I just think there's something about the vibe. And I I, mm -hmm. I think we're going to talk about that. If not, I'm going to talk about it. Like, got it. You got to gel right. with the practice as a whole. And so I feel like it's kind of a good insight. Before you even walk in, you have an idea. Are they going to be super conservative? Are they old school? Are they super modern? Are they fun? <laughs> like, is the surgeon a nut? Like, I mean, you just want to everyone gravitates towards something else, so a different vibe. And you can kind of get an idea of that on social media before even walking in the door. But I feel like that's one of the most important things. Yeah. That's what I love about Dr. Routon. Like she mm -hmm. has such a great online presence. Mm -hmm. Women that come here already feel like they know her because of like her Instagram TV videos and how she engages inside of Bus Mob. And so it's like people get a glimpse of who she is before ever coming in. Yeah. And it's not fake. Like that's what sometimes with her, I'm like, oh my God, did you really post that? But that's what's so funny. She's so self-deprecating and it's not polished or, mm -hmm. you know, like her social media, she's just herself. And that's what she's like in her consultations. And that's what people appreciate so much mm -hmm. is her honesty. It's definitely social media is a lot more real. You can see a lot more real stuff. So when you're going in for consultations, that's a good opportunity to see like if you are going to connect with your surgeon. Like are they are they a freak? Are they like terrible <laughs> bedside manner? You know, like there are some wacky people out there, like yeah. surgeons, not surgeons, just, you know, people. So it's important to find someone that you feel comfortable with because this is a really vulnerable situation. Yeah. I almost feel like bedside manner 
should be almost at the top, like up there with board certification and skills, because you need to have a relationship with this person. You need to feel heard. Mm -hmm. You need to think that they understand what you're saying. You need to envision having a conversation with them 12 months later when maybe you're not exactly happy or you've got some concerns. Mm -hmm. Are they going to listen to you or are they going to blow you off? Like, I think that is one of the most important things that you gel with not only the surgeon, but even the whole team. Are they mm-hmm. going to take my calls? Are they hard to get a hold of? Like, I just, I would implore women not to choose. Oh my God, he's super popular. He has mm-hmm. a ton of followers on Instagram. He's got gorgeous results. What happens two weeks later, six months later, when you've got questions and this person is not engaging with you? Mm-hmm. That was my first experience. Like, I went to someone who was a very, like, quote, popular social media surgeon Mm -hmm. and it was in Florida. And when I went there, it felt very mechanical. Like there wasn't a connection, but I already flew down there and I had already paid, you know, like (laughs) I was already in. And I remember like the nurses were like gossiping before I even like opened the door because we were all waiting to get in because it was like seven in the morning. And I heard them complaining and then I get in there and I'm like, this just feels weird. But I had already paid. So Mm -hmm. I went through with it. But it was definitely a situation where I didn't feel comfortable reaching out if I needed to. Mm-hmm. And it was just – its I'm glad in hindsight I had that experience because now I know what not to do and yeah. what not to expect because I would have thought that was normal and mm-hmm. it's not normal. Yep. I think any, even digging in even further too, we've – We've had the luxury of having a number of different surgeons, and I have gotten to work with a number of surgeons here at Amelia, and we've got like the over-educators, you know, and we've got (laughs) Mm -hmm. like the relational, and I love having that. Some women need to come in, and I need to know stats Mm -hmm. and percentages, and I want to talk. I want to understand the anatomy, and then you've got people like me who are like, just tell me, like, look, I like this pick. Can you make me look like this? I don't need to know how, (laughs) and there's no right or wrong, but finding a surgeon that speaks and makes you comfortable depending on what is important to you is really important too. Mm-hmm. So if you need to be overeducated, you can find a surgeon oh, yeah. and you should <laughs> to hear all of that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know. Just <laughs> tell me how much you can liposuction, you know? <laughs> can I look like this? That's all. And and I it seems 50-50 on women and personality types mm-hmm. who needs to have one type of surgeon and who ha- needs to have the other. Mm-hmm. So go on multiple consultations and find that person. And when you walk in, does the staff look happy? I always – that's <laughs> oh like God, a red flag important. to me. <laughs> yeah. Especially going into like any doctor environment. Like if the person at the window, like the – what do they call it? Like the director of first impressions. Like yeah. the first person that you see, they're setting the mood for the entire experience from that point on. And mm-hmm. if they look miserable – That's a red flag to me because, I mean, if your staff isn't happy, like, what's going on? Yeah, especially because this is, like, one of the best (laughs) environments to work in in the world. It's such a fun job. Like, they should be ecstatic Mm -hmm. to see you. And, you know, the girls are kind of like – our patients are our friends when Mm -hmm. they come in. So that's such a good one. Mm -hmm. Good job remembering. I remember when I worked in primary care, we used to call them the window witch. Oh, my God. God, Jenny, that's awful. <laughs> because you never knew. Like, are they going to be oh my like, I mean, really, yeah. primary care physicians, like you almost expect them to be just like disgruntled and upset or angry or short. Witch. And so people will call them window witches. <laughs> I have never heard that. <laughs> so now you'll, everyone who hears this will think yeah. that next time they go in. And if they're not a window witch, it's such a surprise and delight moment. <laughs> so what do you think about the way plastic surgeons staff looks? Like, do you think that's important? Because I have had people say, like, oh, my God, I walked in and everyone had 
looked fake and Barbie and it was unrealistic. Like, or, mm. you know, then there's places that everyone wears scrubs and uh-huh. it looks like window witches. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm just curious what your opinion is if you think that is something to take into account when making your decision. For me, I think it has to do more with the attitude of mm-hmm. the people, not so much what they look like on the outside, but how they treat you. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, if everyone looked like Barbies, but they were super sweet and kind mm-hmm. and real. That's yeah, not a Barbie, it. you yeah. know? I know that's important to people on the med spa side of things too with Botox and filler. Like, oh my God, mm-hmm. you know, if that's the look they like, I don't like that look. Mm-hmm. So I was just curious. Yeah. That's your opinion. Mm-hmm. One thing I see a lot of women doing in Bus Mob is when they're about to go into a consultation or they have someone on their radar, they'll throw it in there like, hey, ladies, have you, has anyone had their breast dog or whatever from this surgeon? Like, what are your experience? Have you heard anything? And I think that's great too, to have a resource like Bus Mob to be able to ask a thousands of women if they've mm-hmm. had experience with someone. Mm-hmm. And and again, everyone is different on what they need and what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. So I would always say, take that with a grain of salt. Like you may not have loved this person, but someone else did yeah. and vice versa. You've really got to go with your gut. I hear that all the time. Mm-hmm. Like go with your gut. If it feels weird, like yeah. just have another consultation. Yeah. Um, especially the lady we were interviewing yesterday, she was like, it was easy because they were virtual right now too, a lot of them. So mm-hmm. she could have conversations and just get an idea if she wanted to go in and mm-hmm. see them. Now, I wouldn't have 15 consultations necessarily. <laughs> There's tons of research you can do online mm-hmm. ahead of time to narrow it down. But what do you think is a normal or good amount of consultations for someone to have? I think if you go to the first one and you feel good about it, mm-hmm. going to a second one might confuse you. Mm. But if you feel like, ah, I don't know, then that's mm-hmm. a good feeling to like prompt, maybe I should have another consultation. So then you can weigh what you don't know. But if I feel like for me, when I first came here to meet mm-hmm. Dr. Pyle, like I knew immediately, like, I don't need another consultation. This is the one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but had I gone on multiple consultations the first time, mm-hmm. I would have been like, nope, like yeah. <laughs> right after meeting him. And one of the things about Bus Mob, like asking people, not maybe like asking what their results were like, but maybe bedside manner. Because women, a lot of people are in tune with that. Like, how did they treat you? How did you feel when you were there? Because I've seen some good and bad stories in there about how some surgeons have made them feel. Yeah. No, I, I Bus Mob is such a great mm-hmm. resource like of to connect with other women. Yeah. And if you see some really negative things, like obviously Run. don't – yeah, <laughs> don't go there. Um, but I also just think how the consultation goes, like you were saying, mm-hmm. is so important. Like if it feels collaborative, yeah. you know, I have heard – of surgeons who are like, I, you know, you tell me what you want. I am not picking your size. Then on the other end of the spectrum, there's like, I only do natural looking C cups. Yeah. I really feel like you've got to find somebody who's going to kind of take your pictures and like, oh, you like this and help guide Mm -hmm. you. It's like a team effort, not one way or another too. So I think you should pick your surgeon based on how collaborative the consultation feels. Do you feel heard? Do you feel like they gave you confidence that they're going to get you to the look you want? Is it within your price range? Like, did you like the staff? There's so many things to take into account, but I swear you'll find that sweet spot and you'll just, and then you'll get excited. Mm -hmm. And like, that's the, then you found it. Let's talk about reviews because I know that's a piece of it too. I actually think asking Bus Mob, like you were saying, is even better than reviews 
Because, man, I wrote off Yelp and some of those things like five or ten years ago when I realized you could pay to play, mm-hmm. kind of, like as they would reach out to us and be like, do you want X number of your views? Pay this amount. And I'm like, you know what? I don't know how I feel about this. I think back in the day, reviews used to be one of the only ways you could find out if you had not – if you didn't have friends in town that you could get a word of mouth recommendation, mm-hmm. you went to reviews. I give them less credibility now more than ever. So I think with a lot of these other things you listed, that's more important. But I would still check them out. Yeah. I mean, if you see a million awful things. But if you see a million perfect things, that shit ain't real either. <laughs> right. Like, so it's just one piece in this recipe of finding this magic surgeon for you. Um, don't take it too seriously. Ask the ladies at Boss Mob, and I bet someone will have a recommendation for you better than anonymous Yelp user who (laughs) didn't like the smell in the office or something like that. Like, I don't know. I stopped choosing restaurants and things like that using online reviews years ago. That's what I was going to say because I only use Yelp for food Mm -hmm. personally, but I've stopped really giving it much thought because if I have a great experience and I have like the best meal, my thought isn't I should leave a Yelp review. Mm -hmm. Now, if I have a terrible experience and people are really crappy, then my thought is I should leave a Yelp review. Yeah. So it's not really representing the good necessarily. It's it's an opportunity for people to vent sometimes. Yeah. And I know I personally would get hung up on just that one. Mm -hmm. Whatever. It might have a thousand (laughs) great reviews. And if there was one one star, I'm like, oh, moving on. Mm-hmm. Like, that's completely unrealistic and wasn't helpful at all. I bet I missed out on so many great places that I would have enjoyed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't know about all these online, you know, review sites. Check them out. Make sure it's your person is legit. Right. <laughs> but um, I, I wouldn't base your decision off of that. Yeah. So what about consultation fees? <laughs> sometimes they're zero. Sometimes they're more expensive. <laughs> yeah. I – I just wouldn't base, again, your decision of where to consult based on a $75, $150, and God, I think some places they can be like $200 or $300. Again, this is your body and surgery. You know, do all your research and narrow it down, and then that's probably going to – you're probably going to need to pay a fee, which usually goes towards your procedure anyway, Mm -hmm. to spend quality time with that surgeon get their advice, if they've got 3D imaging and sizers and patient care coordinator, like that's going to be worth it. Like I, I do know a lot of people like, no, I'm just only going where that it's free, a free consult. <laughs> um, I just don't think you're going to find the best places right. that are always just all the free ones. Mm-hmm. They got way too much time on their hands or they don't value their time as much or I'm not knocking people who don't charge a consultation fee. I'm just saying don't use that as your total factor of who I'm going to go see. Yeah. And it doesn't sound like to me that someone would be 100% serious about mm-hmm. taking the next step if they're looking for something that's $0. Yeah. Like if I'm looking for the best surgeon to have surgery like soon, like having to pay something up front makes me feel like like I'm bought in, I'm ready, and this is for me. And if having that consult fee like makes me not want to do it, then mm-hmm. to me, I'm like, maybe I'm not ready. Yeah. You truly are paying for an experience, yeah. you know, too. And usually, I mean, if a consultation is five minutes, no, you should not. Like, And there's something, <laughs> something is wrong with that. You should run away. But usually ours are about an hour, mm-hmm. even 90 minutes sometimes. There's a ton of people involved. There's a ton of tools and techniques and you get a lot of stuff. Like, it's worth it. Whether you decide, hey, I'm not actually, I'm going to have another child. I am not ready to have surgery right now. You you got a ton of knowledge and personal information when you are ready to take that step. Mm-hmm. So 
just I'm not saying you must pay a consultation right. fee and but I would not use that to not go places. Right. Like plan on maybe paying for a consultation or two to get the best information. So if you're currently looking for the right surgeon for you, then it's probably time to find your goal photo and to do your deep dive research. The best place to find your goal photo is in our BusMob Goal Finder. And you can go to busmob.com. There's a tab at the top called Goal Finder. You tap on it and you can actually plug in your stats and find women with your similar body type and see what their results look like and could look like on your frame. Next Ready for your deep dive research. Mm -hmm. And that is our free app called Amelia Academy, where me and Greta have filmed hundreds of videos for you ladies to get as educated as possible before going into your consultation so you can really own that process. Yeah, we don't want you to have to pay a consultation fee, you know, to get some of this information. That was kind of like how we started it. So it's funny we're talking about how to choose your surgeon. Like, man, I hope your surgeon's filming videos out Mm -hmm. there so you can decide from home. So I think Amelia Academy is really cool. And I'm glad we've got the surgeons show up in that a lot. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dr. Routon and Dr. Pyle make many appearances in there. Yes, we drug them in. (laughs) (laughs) Unwillingly, but they did a great job. Yeah, they had a good spirit about it. They did. So between finding your goal photo and completing Amelia Academy, you'll be totally prepared to own the process during your consultation when you feel ready to take that step. 